Learn the vegan truth with MC Fructose. Oh yeah, MC Fructose in the house. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific time to learn how you can improve your health, lose weight, and reverse disease by following a diet of fresh, raw, ripe, organic fruits and vegetables void of any animal products. We'll have interviews with pioneers, doctors, and athletes thriving on a low-fat vegan diet. This is the vegan truth. The way you get your protein from You can tell them all the food to eat contains some Truth be told, we don't need that much So excuse me while I eat my favorite fruit for lunch Welcome to The Vegan Truth This is your host, MC Fructose Gabe Smith from EasyRawLife.com And Easy Raw Food on YouTube Today I'm going to have a very special guest My friend Harley Johnstone Also known as Durian Ryder Durian Ryder is outspoken, controversial In your face, blunt and honest He runs a very successful YouTube channel By the name of Durian Riders He has over 50,000 subscribers 38 million views on his YouTube channel He's a full-time YouTube professional with over 1,200 videos about living a healthy, low-fat, vegan lifestyle. I'm really excited to have him on the show today. Some things that have been happening recently with me, I moved across country from Chicago to Seattle. Now I'm back home where I used to live. I'm from the Pacific Northwest, and I'm surrounded by family and old friends, and it seems like a lot of my family is very supportive of my dietary choices and my lifestyle choices, but some of them still seem a little concerned, especially my grandmother, who is coming from a very old-school perspective about diet and health. She was a nurse back in the 60s and 70s, and she has this idea still in her head that humans need to be consuming complete proteins. Same with my stepmother and my stepbrother and People have brought up issues with me and said, where do you get your complete proteins? Plants and fruit doesn't contain full complete proteins. Well, I just wanted to let some people know that back in the 1970s, people often concerned themselves with combining proteins so that all of the essential amino acids were available at each meal. Later research has determined that this is not necessary. And in fact, the author of The Incomplete Protein Theory, Frances Moore Lappe, recanted 20 years later saying that she was utterly mistaken. We do need the essential amino acids, but we do not have to eat them together or even in the same day. Of course, consuming protein is important, but so many people are concerned with protein when really we should be concerned with other issues such as, are you getting enough potassium in your diet? Are you eating too much fat? There's so many other issues when protein is a non-issue. It keeps coming up, though. As a vegan, it's one of the most common questions that I get and that a lot of my vegan friends will receive on a daily basis. Where do you get your protein? People don't understand that we recycle between 100 to 300 grams of our own protein every single day. Also, we need far less than what society has been telling us. There's a lot of propaganda out there being spread by the meat and dairy industries. We need far, far less. The World Health Organization has a 265-page report on amino acids and protein needs for human beings. The report was first published in the 60s, and then they redid it in the 80s, and it's been republished as early as 2007. In that study, they show that human beings' consumption is somewhere between 2 to 10% of our total calories, and as long as you eat enough 
calories from whole plant-based foods, you're going to get enough protein. Consuming approximately 5% of calories from protein is difficult to avoid if you're eating enough food to meet your daily calorie needs. All plant foods contain protein, and even if you ate a diet of only white rice, not recommended, but you would still end up with 8% protein for the day. But would it be the right kind of protein? Of course it would. Proteins complicate molecules made by assembling simple building blocks, amino acids. Together in a polypeptide chain, some 20 different amino acids are used to synthesize proteins, eight or nine of which are designated essential, depending upon whose information you read. The term essential in nutrition means that the nutrient in question must be eaten or otherwise consumed, as the body cannot synthesize it. The problem lies in eating too much protein. People are so concerned about not eating enough, but the fact is that Americans and humans in general are getting too much. Be concerned about eating too much rather than not eating enough. To listen to the proponents of the meat industry, one would think we are in imminent danger of disease and death if we fail to consume enough meat three times a day. The truth is that eating meat causes the very conditions we're taught to fear. This is to surprise most people who have been taught incorrectly that we need large amounts of protein to be healthy. Actually, the reverse is true. Most people suffer from an overdose of protein each day, and this accounts for a great deal of our ill health. Too much protein in our diets is associated with all manner of health impairments, including symptoms such as constipation, digestive disorders that often lead to toxemia, toxic blood and tissues, and eventually cancer, autoimmune dysfunction, arthritis, and all other autoimmune conditions, premature aging, impaired liver function, kidney failure, osteoporosis, and many other degenerative and pathogenic conditions result from eating teen than we need. So people should be much more concerned with eating too much than eating too little. I'm very excited to bring on my guest today, Durian Ryder, Harley Johnstone. He's one of the people who inspired me to go vegan back in 2010, watching his videos and sharing his story. Harley, welcome to The Vegan Truth. How are you doing today? Good morning to you, by the way. You're calling me from the future right now. I know you're calling from Australia. It's Saturday morning, but the show airs on Friday. Welcome to The Vegan Truth. I have a question for you to begin. How did you find a vegan diet, and when did you decide that it was the optimal lifestyle for you? I learned about the vegan diet. When I was about 12 years old, next door was some... Actually, they've been vegetarians, to be honest. I knew about vegetarian when I was 12 years old. And hippies asked my mum and myself over for dinner. And I said to my mum, 12 years old, I said, I don't want to go and eat hippie food because I'll be starving. And mum said, go and eat the food, and if you're still hungry, I'll make some more when we get home. And I said, okay, that's a fair deal. And went over there and really enjoyed the food. And then fast forward to 2001, that's when I went vegan. So 12 years later, I ended up going vegan. I got really sick, and in 1999, a friend introduced me to a vegan tofu burger, and I said at the time, I don't eat tofu. <laughs> and he says, have you ever had a tofu burger? And I said, well, I haven't. And he goes, how do you know you don't like something if you never tried it? It's just food. It's not going to kill you. It's just beans. I said, okay, cool. And he bought me the tofu burger, and I ate the whole thing. It's amazing. Then when I went vegan in 2001, when I heard the vegan lifestyle, I needed to do that to get healthy again. I was like, hang on, vegan? Oh, it's not too bad. Yeah, I could probably do that. And then went from there. And then got into the raw foods thing about a year later. Then you started putting yourself out there on YouTube. Why were you putting yourself out there on YouTube to spread the vegan message? YouTube's the second biggest search engine behind Google. Google owns YouTube. I just realized that was a powerful medium to get the message out there. And we can stay silent, but staying silent doesn't help anyone, doesn't help the planet, doesn't help the animals. So everybody has a responsibility to share the truth. 
friends don't let friends remain ignorant and I feel the whole world is our friend let's just help everyone let's get on YouTube and smash it there's been some controversy I've heard from people from my own YouTube channel and friends family members even who disagree that a vegan diet is for everyone there's that theory that human beings are all different I don't know people believing in the blood type diet or these other fat diets and they think that everybody's different. Some people do better with meat-based diets. Some people will do better with a vegan diet. What is your opinion on that? Do you think that everyone is different or that we can all thrive on a vegan diet? I agree. Everyone is different. If you're a parent and you've got kids and you're not too sure if you should feed them a vegan diet, I agree because everyone's different. So what you want to do is have a pet cat, rat, or dog and have it around the house. And if you wake up one morning and the kids ate the dog, then that's what they need to do. And it's the same if you're an adult. If you come home and your spouse is eating the cat or is blending up the goldfish to make an omega-3 goldfish smoothie, then you know that that's just what you had to do. So don't have to pass any judgment. Just be tolerant, forgiving, and accepting of that. If you want to jump on the back of a chicken like a fox does, then you should eat chicken, definitely. But to say that we're listening to our instincts and then going to a fast food restaurant and ordering something on a plate that resembles nothing like the original form, and so not listening to instincts and just listening to learned behavior. Everyone is different find out do the experiment go to the petting zoo and if you just start salivating over the baby goats then you need to eat meat and you best jump on the back of that goat right there and then and get it like a coyote would otherwise a plant food diet is for you go to a fruit orchard and if you feel a drive to pick the fruit off the ground or off the tree and put it in your mouth and eat it and chew it up i'd say you're a vegan if you go to the ocean and you see the pelican regurgitating a meal of fish for its baby and you wish you were the baby then eat some fish just gotta listen to your body you bring up a really good point about how every other animal in nature doesn't cook their food. They eat what is around them, what is easily accessible. But humans okay. have this idea that we need to disguise our food before we eat it. We can't yeah. go out into nature. We could if we were all living in a climate where we could pick fruit and eat it off the tree, but we don't. That's right. It looks like all the animals in nature eat a raw food diet, and all animals in nature, I've never heard of animals having heart disease or cancer or diabetes but only we and our pets who eat a cooked food diet that's disguised. We move from the food industry. We're not allowed into slaughterhouses. We don't know what happens. We do now because of the invent of the Internet. It's interesting that you bring up that. If you smell a cow and it makes you hungry, then you probably should be eating meat. But if you Definitely. look at a cow and you don't see food, you see an animal, then maybe you shouldn't be eating the cow. It's very good. Or if you're going to wash your hands after petting a cow, but then you're going to put that cow's body parts in your mouth and chew them up but you'd wash your hands after petting them. Right. <laughs> it <laughs> is pretty funny. Yeah. I'd question that. We'd go to the local fair, and they'd always have the, the petting zoo, and I loved the little animals. And I'd spend hours hanging out with the goats and the kangaroos and that. And, and then we'd go for lunch, and Mum's like, always, we've got to wash your hands. And I'd say, why? And I'd say, well, you pet the animals. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then we'd have ham and stuff and chicken for lunch. <laughs> right. Crazy. And you just put it in your mouth, too. And licking it. <laughs> That's crazy. It's such a skewed perspective that people have. I'm going to change subjects a little bit, but you tend to call out so many people, people who, fitness promoters, people who are on steroids, doctors, Twin Muscle Workout, or Elliot Hulse, or Dr. McCola, Dr. Robert Lussig, people like this. You tend to call them out for their BS, things that they're selling to us, these whey protein powders, or saying that fruit makes you fat, and these myths. You call these people out, because there's so much misinformation about diet out there. As a person in modern society, how do we know where to turn for the truth? Who is telling us the truth? Because there's so much misinformation and 
conflicting ideas. What should we look for if we don't want to get scammed when trying to improve our health? Look what people are trying to sell you. Follow the money. Look what people are trying to sell you. All I've got for sale, literally, is a $2 audio book. Soon we'll have my book out, and that's all I'm going to be selling people is my book. All freely sells people is a book. A lot of these people out there, they're getting funding, million-dollar funding, like Lustig and that, and Gary Torbs. They're getting mega funding from the meat and dairy industry into their so-called research. Guys on YouTube doing steroids. Because they do steroids doesn't make them bad people. What they're doing is they're pretending they're natural bodybuilders, and they're using steroids to sell e-books and market stuff to kids. And they'll have affiliate links to protein supplements and this stuff. And the teenage audiences from 13 to 16-year-old kids want to put on some muscle. And they're looking at these guys on steroids and going, I want to look like that. And they're thinking, if I buy their protein powder, then I'll look like that. But the reality is the protein powder doesn't make the biggest of steroids. You can guzzle the protein powder in the world. It's not going to make you look like a steroid user. And if you do steroids, it's your choice. But I just want to educate the viewer that there's a lot of people out there doing steroids. a lot of people out there selling bullshit. There's a lot of people out there trying to get research grants and meat and dairy industries, whatever. So be careful. Use intuition. And when you carb up, get enough early nights, you can start to see, there's a saying, real eyes realize real lies. So once you get more experienced and carved up and see the world a bit more, you can start to see the bullshit and call it when you see it. I love the saying, friends don't let friends remain ignorant. So I call these people out, try and use a bit of humor. And I don't hate, but I want to call out the bullshit. I want to call out the bad behavior and share my experience and share my truth with the end goal of, not making more money for myself, but making more aware consumers out there, more aware people. That's my end goal, end of the day. People see me, I've got holes in my shirt, I'm just, I live in a decrepit house, I ride a nice bike and I eat great food. I'm not driven by excess materialism or I don't wear a white shirt. I live a very, very simple lifestyle so I can be honest with people. I'm happy to live on welfare if need be, like I did for many years. I'd rather tell the truth than tell bullshit and sell bullshit. Some of these people who are demonizing fruit, Robert Lustig, he's one of the guys who is uh, demonizing fruit. And there's other people who are saying if you consume fruit, you'll get fat. It leads to the Guardian had an article recently about the sugar fructose in smoothies would lead to heart disease and cancer and all this stuff. Why do you think there's so much misinformation about fruit out there? Why do you think people are profiting or selling their products and demonizing fruit? Why is fruit the bad guy? I've got a few theories. First of all, the Guardians and the LA Times are hilarious because they'll have an article about why fruit's bad for you. Then a few pages later, it'll be an advert for McDonald's. Or then months later, they'll go, oh, the Wolfie Diet's incredible, cures cancer. And this is my little theory now. My little during and conspiracy theory for Friday afternoon. I believe that New World Order, etc., fruit is a conscious expanding food. When you live on fruit and eat a lot of calories from fruit, your whole mental state starts to shift. I don't care how much of a redneck you are or whatever. I was a redneck. I was raised in a redneck area of Australia, and I was very, very redneckish. <laughs> the redneck gene was strong in Duran Rider. But once I got in the vegan path, the fruit path, I started to see things a lot differently. So my theory is that the system, the corporation, the NWA, whatever you want to call it, New World Order, they don't want people conscious and living on a fruit-based vegan diet. Because when you're doing that, you're hanging, I don't want to have all these excesses in my life and material excess of bullshit. I don't want to become a soldier and shoot people for some oil war. I don't want to be a redneck anymore. I want to do something different. I want to nurture the planet. I want to nurture my health. When you become that sort of mentality, that whole economic system starts to crumble down. And a new economic system starts to forge up something that's better for the planet, the animals, and humanity. But that's my theory is that the mainstream, NWO, whatever you want to call it, Illuminati, or just, or just corporate interest, doesn't want the fruit thing taken off because it's too much of a threat to the mainstream society. Wow. 
you're saying that the new world order or corporate interest is keeping people down away from truth. What you were saying earlier about not getting scammed, people are selling something. It's because they're selling something, like in the adverts, McDonald's and other fast food companies and pharmaceutical companies even, trying to keep people sick, ignorant, and brainwashed. Good point. Definitely. Yeah. I did a video I put on YouTube. I called it McDonald's prank with Duran Rider. Well, me and Freddie went to We started talking to people. People were thinking, oh, you know, they're eating Big Macs, and they said, oh, rice makes you fat. But they're eating Big Macs. They've been taught that rice and fruit is fattening. So if you're going to have something fattening, might as well be a cheeseburger. Because if you eat the same calories from fruit or same calories from rice or same calories from a cheeseburger or a Big Mac, it's going to be the same. So they're thinking, stuff it, I'll just eat the Big Mac and cheeseburger because that's what I know and that's what's cheap and that's what's easy to get. There's a lot of confusion out there. People give up, put their hands in the air and go, fuck it, I'm just going to eat that crap. Because calories are calorie, right? Science and doctors nowadays are proving that not to be the case. Calorie is not a calorie. If you Correct. drink 3,000 calories of olive oil or you eat 3,000 calories of bananas, you get <laughs> completely different results. That's right. Um, that is something I wanted to talk to you about, though. Eating a rice or a starch-based diet or a fruit-based diet, you claim that you can eat unlimited amount of calories and be thin and trim and healthy. Yeah. And I've seen it, you know, first-hand experience here. I mean, I've lost 60 pounds of fat by following a low-fat, high-carbohydrate vegan diet, fruits and vegetables, and eating 3,500 calories a day. And I've seen it over and over and over again. Your girlfriend, Freely, has lost 40 pounds of fat. Chris Randall from Real Raw Results has lost 150 pounds of fat. <laughs> Ryan Lum from Happy Healthy Vegan has lost 70 pounds of fat. And they're not calorie-restricting. They're eating pill-satiated. But you claim that you can eat an unlimited amount of calories. That's something that you talk about a lot on your YouTube channel, that you can eat unlimited amount of calories from starches or from fruits, from carbohydrates, and not get fat. Whereas so many people, that's a huge controversial subject because even people within the raw vegan community, people like Dr. Douglas Graham, who wrote the 801010, says that you can overeat on fruit and yeah. get fat. And then there's people coming out like Andrew Perlot and Swayze Foster and other people who have claimed that they gained fat on a raw vegan diet. What do you say to that? How, I've heard what you said about Andrew Perlot and how he went on a water fast before, but there's other people who are coming out and saying that you can still overeat. Good question. You can ask me any questions in this interview, nothing too controversial or personal. My response to that question would be correct freely, and I myself do promote and teach and walk our talk in that we do consume unlimited carbohydrate calories, and we stay lean all year long regardless of our fitness levels, and we also promote that for other people regardless if they're obese or not, because long-term, you're going to be slimmed down because the human body is genetically designed to be skinny, to be slim. That's why if you do steroids, you get big, but as soon as you go off the steroids, you slim down. When you're eating a meat diet and you go vegan long-term, high-carb, high-high-high-carb, low-low-fat, low-protein, low-sodium, you slim down. It doesn't matter what your genetics are, if you're in a wheelchair or not. There's quadriplegics out there who are losing weight on this program, and they're in a wheelchair, so they're limited by physical activity. But the body genetics wants to be slim, regardless if you're a quadriplegic, paraplegic, or Olympic athlete. Body wants to be slim. The Swayze girl, classic yo-yo dieter. Just yo-yo dieter for a long, 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 long time, over a decade. So then when she finally got some enough calories in there, she put on a little bit of water weight or a bit of weight. Who knows? But long term, she's not an example. And also, I can be dubious as well of what actually are people eating. You know, are they eating 100% fruit diet, 100% vegan diet? I don't know. Because a lot of people out there I've met in the last 12 years say, I'll eat 100% vegan diet. 
and then you see them down the track and they're eating eggs at a restaurant or drinking yogurt smoothies or whatever or eating meat oh just now and then i have it so it can be very confusing for the outlooker looking in andrew perlow just did a big water fast and calorie restricted for a long time lost a lot of weight in a vegan diet though initially still pretty slim but doing a water fast and then expecting your weight to be stable after that it's never going to happen so is andrew and swayze they sneaking chicken burgers and big macs i don't know is there issues caused by yo-yo dieting i definitely say that is correct regardless of what you're eating but long term if they both stuck with it they're going to be slim as like me and freely but what they're doing is the ego is so powerful that they just, no, I'm better than them. I deserve results today, 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 today. But they don't understand. It takes time. It takes time. Cadell Evans, 19 years of racing before he won his first Tour de France. And even with drugs or without, it takes time to get results. Doug Graham promotes, and I love Doug. Doug learned a lot of stuff from Doug. Definitely a fundamental teacher in my life. Doug says that starches make you fat. I disagree there because when I go to Asia, everyone's living on white rice and they're skinny ads and they're not calorie restricting. Your fruit-based diet is better than a starch-based vegan diet. As a backup plan, the starch is good. I do think fruit's the best, but it can be quite challenging today as well getting enough quality fruit calories. You can buy fruit from anywhere, but it's not always edible. People go, oh, it's not true. Holy, my local fruit shop, there's fruit everywhere. So like, yeah, try and eat that stuff for a week, man. You understand that there's no calories in that stuff. It's just water, pesticides, and fiber. There's hardly any sugar in that stuff. So that's why a starch-based diet can be a good backup plan. I disagree with Doug saying that starches make you fat. I also disagree with saying you can eat too much fruit because I like to look at long-term examples. And if you look at all the long-term examples in the health world, on the fruit world, they're all skinny as. And I see people, myself and Freely, we don't even need 100% raw food diet anymore because we'd get too lean. We would be so lean, we'd be scared of doing this lifestyle. Now, sporting performance would go up a bit, but we'd be so lean, people would be like, I don't want to be like that skinny. The whole notion that fruit makes you fat, that makes me laugh so hard when i hear it <laughs> it's a hilarious concept i wish i could get that person's body and do a body swap with them and hand it back to them in two or three years time and they wouldn't even recognize their own body i wonder so many doctors talk about calorie in calorie out theory and that's what mainstream believes you eat too many calories you're going to gain fat those excess calories become fat but i wonder if when switching to a low-fat vegan diet especially a raw food diet that the calorie sources the foods that you're eating are so much volume rich they're larger in volume but lower in calories and our stomach the receptors for being full are based on volume they're not based on calories you can eat 5,000 calories of big macs and still be hungry because it's denser food whereas fruit and starches you're not adding oil and stuff to your food is large volume but low in calories so that you actually are eating less calories than what you would be consuming if you're eating a standard american diet per se so that you are eating till satiated and you're still eating 3,000 calories you're not eating the 5,000 calories anymore but now you're eating 3,000 and you're satiated that's an unlimited amount of calories on a raw diet or a low-fat vegan diet how could you eat six 7,000 calories, unless you're Michael Arnstein and running ultra marathons. Do you think that has something to do with it? The, oh, the volume sure. that people are eating? Yeah. My statement before, the human body is designed to be like a greyhound. It's a very, very slim, lean greyhound. Slim and sleek. And that's nature's design. is only gives you the calories that you need. And you can't overeat on fruit, starch, or vegetables because the volume is just too much. People say it's eat all the time. Like, I could never eat that much food. And I'm like, but you're obese. You know, why are you obese? Because you eat a less volume and must be eating more calories, you eat more fat and protein calories, so your insulin levels are always high. And insulin is what bodybuilders use as a performance-enhancing 
target. Insulin is the anabolic hormones in the human body. So when you eat a lot of fat and protein calories, your insulin levels go up. So it puts the mass on. So you just put all this bulk on. That's why bodybuilders use insulin. Very dangerous practice, but very, very effective. So people doing their own little insulin pump at home, their meat and dairy diets, with the stomach volume and the calories, you can't overeat on fruit physically. So you can eat all the calories you want from fruit, starch, and vegetables. You can't get too many calories. You can eat so much in a sitting that your stomach hurts and you vomit or whatever. But long term, you can't overeat on calories. Overeating implying you're going to get fat, fat, fat. It's like a spider eating too many flies and can't walk around anymore. Never going to happen long term. Some people have some metabolic issues from doing drugs like fentamine and duramine and fetamine and all this stuff and thyroid meds and hormones and so their body can be still on the contraceptive pill and all their fluid levels are all whacked out and they're putting on fluid retention on the ankles and stomach and they go, oh, it's the fruit, but it's not the fruit. It's never nature's fault. What happens is we bring in the pharmacology world of drugs and we thrash our metabolisms and hormones and then if we get off that stuff, it can be a bit of a rocky road for a little while until our body settles down. But it always settles down because the body's got its own agenda. It wants to live. It wants to be skinny. It wants to be light up the hills. It doesn't want to have excess mass that put pressure on your rotator cuff or your knee cartilage. It wants to be very light, very lean, and you can't eat too many calories in the fruit or the starch unless you start adding in the oil, which is refined high-calorie fat. You store more fat, your hormones are out of whack. Even refined sugar, you can't eat too much refined sugar because it becomes too sweet. You can't do it. People have one cup of my smoothie and they're like, I can't have any more, Harley. It's just too sweet. I'm tapped out and I drink the whole jug. That's another thing I wanted to talk to you about, consuming refined sugar. If anybody has any questions for Durian Ryder, call into the show. Phone number is 347-324-3704 and get your questions answered. We're talking about eating unlimited calories from carbohydrates to stay thin. And Harley, I know you are a huge proponent of fruit. You say fruit is the most optimal food for humans. And I hear you talking about fruit all the time, fruit and starches, but I don't hear you talking that much about greens and about vegetables too often. And I know fruits have more vitamins, the most vitamin-rich foods on the planet, but greens and vegetables, those are the most mineral-rich foods on the planet. Aren't you a proponent for greens too? Do you eat greens? I do eat greens. I do promote greens, but greens don't have any carbohydrate calories in them, so they're not going to power your muscles. A lot of people out there, greens is a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a catch word. Greenwashing is a real trendy thing to talk about. I eat my greens. It doesn't matter what you eat. If you're eating greens, then you're healthy all of a sudden. You may be eating Big Macs, and as long as you have a wheatgrass shot afterwards, it's, yeah, you're a health-conscious person. Greens are very popular, very trendy, and overrated. They are beneficial and essential in diet, but not as a staple. Everyone's trying to think, I'll do a green juice fast, eat a lot of greens. I'll get my calories from greens, which is just another way of saying I get my calories from fat. I'm going to be binging out soon at Denny's. Greens, I do eat greens. Last night I had some romaine lettuce. I eat wild greens occasionally, ones that are tender and sort of semi-sweet. I don't eat anything bitter. I don't eat kale, neither does freely. I think kale is sandpaper. I don't think kale is meant to be eaten by humans. It just tastes so hideous. I will eat kale in a smoothie if someone makes it. A few times a year that happens, but I won't buy kale and I won't add it to my food because for me it tastes so yucky on its own. I don't think it's meant to be eaten. But that's my experience there, same with freely. The greens we eat, malva, lamb's quarter, purslane, Romaine, all the lettuce, romaine lettuce, butter lettuce, cos lettuce, iceberg lettuce is a favourite. That's what we eat in terms of greens. We don't believe a green juice, our favourite green juice is cane sugar juice. And that's always a funny one because that always gets the green lovers all rolled up like, you can't have cane sugar, that's not a green drink. Actually it is, it's green and it's a grass. (laughs) 
but it always gets more fired up. You can't drink that, it's got too much sugar in it, those. Oh my god, you know, these people are doing the raw food diet for a week and they're also they're experts, or they've been doing the raw food diet for 10 years, but still can't even run around the block at pace, and they're experts. It's sincere people, but sincerely wrong. If you try and live on greens, you're going to be binging out, or you're going to have low energy. Doesn't matter how much minerals the greens have got. The body needs minerals, but it needs carbohydrate calories primarily. I've never met anyone who's ran out of minerals and ended up in hospital. But I've met plenty of people who have blown their kidneys out from not enough carbohydrate intake, and then their kidneys can't go out there. And that's like sodium potassium in hospital on the trip. I've never met anyone who's ended up in hospital because they didn't have enough green juice, or anyone who's been obese because they didn't drink enough green juice, or anyone who got diabetes type 2 because they didn't have enough green juice. First preference. You don't eat any of the bitter greens. Pretty much like the uh, natural hygiene perspective when it comes to eating food. You only eat something that you can mono meal, that you could eat in the. You're not going to sit down with a huge bowl of kale. Who would ever do that? Who would want to no sit one. there with a, a huge bowl of kale and just eat it? Not me. Funny because most of the kale dishes you have usually have avocado or some other fatty thing or something sweet or they're in a smoothie. Rarely do you see kale. We have a caller here. I think I know who this is. I'm going to bring him on. Hello, caller from 602 Area Code. How are you? Hello, Gabe, and hello, Harley. Sunshine Jonas here uh, from Phoenix. I like, call back in. No one's calling in. I'll call in. Because like, I want to say You're it, a regular on the show, Jonas. I know, I am now. It's a huge controversy over the high fat. So I was looking at the food combination chart from not just the ones that we say are great for us, that we cut out the line. They have this line. And it's the non-cruciferous veggies. But these other people, especially Gabriel Cousins, because he's out there, he is demonizing fruit. He's outwardly saying, eat 55% fat, fruit's a myth. So there is people out there who are living on these oils and greens. And he says his breakfast is a spoon of chia, a spoon of bee pollen, and a spoon of oil. He said last week even on the radio show. I see there's multiple ways to combine that food chart, but then, like Harley said, look at the results. Who's getting the results that you want to follow? Dancing around being slow energy and making up stuff about glycemic index, ignoring the load and pumping the index is the, the only reason. That's disingenuous. I even talked to him. I, I tried to talk to him about it, and he walked away and went and did his $500 a person dance that he did. Oh, well. What's your opinion on Gabriel Cousins, Darian Ryder? He's promoting 45% fat or something like ridiculous 55. like that. I remember me and Gabe were both 65. at the Sedona and the Best of Raw volunteering, and he was on stage, and I told Lauren Lockman, who was outside, this is what he said, and then Lauren Lockman at the stage, so I completely disagree with everything he just said. <laughs> Cousin, he's just a money-hungry, supplement-pushing snake pill seller. That's all he is, man. He's as if he eats three tablespoons of food for breakfast. And that's what he's going to tell people because there's a lot of people out there have eating issues who go, I want to live on three tablespoons of food too. You go to Tree of Life and you spend $50,000 literally and you just get pumped for all these supplements and bullshit. Gay Will Cousin acts as like a spiritual woo-woo guru, but he is so fucking money-hungry. The stories I hear from him and Tree of Life, it's ruthless. Yeah, I know people from the tree life. I've been to the tree life. I personally went down there and did architectural design plans for their greenhouses so they wouldn't get them torn down by the city, and they didn't give me anything, no compensation whatsoever. And I'm like, and I just walked away, and then they're so close to the border. They're down by 15 miles from the border, so it's a homeland security zone. They have these people, they're multi-deputized police, like they're border agents, they're drug enforcement agents, they're locals, county, city, state, federal. What they do is they just have roadblocks, and I just snickered once. Like, oh, like you have anything I'd know? And I that. And he pulled me out, took all my stuff, laid it all over since it's so close to the border, Patagonia. They just threw my stuff all over the place. And then they had someone really come by, a van full of immigrants. And they pulled their guns out on them, and they just forget about me with all my stuff. But, you know, that's just here nor there. It's just the area of Arizona they're in, isolated.
Gabriel exploits the generosity a lot of people like yourself have that want to donate to the raw food or vegan world. So he just preys on that and gets a lot of volunteers and just milks it for all their worth in terms of time and just all this. And if you look at how much he sells on supplements, you can literally spend a hundred thousand dollars a year with Gabriel. Yeah, you showed those receipts. It was insane. Harley, you inspired me so much too. Like Gabe, sure, I saw Mike doing this and people were talking to me about it in the raw food cafe and I was really, that's cool. And I went and looked at the videos that Mike did, but not until I saw your videos where you're really calling out David Wolf and people who are selling all these magical Landis doing the new David Wolf impersonation. And he's on the radio saying, yeah, they told me they handed it to me and I saw it as a gift and we get high on chocolate. And then he had Peter Ragnar on his radio show last week. And Peter Wagner is talking about the low fat, and he's just, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, people waffle. They don't stick to one position. They compromise. They make sacrifices or shifts for whatever their own ego or whatever you're saying. But, yeah, thank you very much for, like, pushing me that limit. I'm like, if this is so easy, I can do this. Because I looked at it and did it, and never turned back. Cool, man. Good to hear. Simple stuff. A lot of people follow Gabriel Cousins because he's 70-something years old, and he looks a lot younger than he is because yeah, of plastic surgery. Stuff. Yeah, I still want to see if Mike Velocity challenges him to that to show his 600 pull-ups or whatever he said he could do. 600 push-ups. Gabriel Cousins. Whatever he said, uh, he said, I'll make a challenge. Nah, Gabriel wouldn't do that. He I doesn't know, he doesn't do that. Yeah. He'll just walk away from you if you, you say truth like that. He'll be like, I'm not making money off this guy, next person. Yeah, another one that you made fun of that was so funny is Matt Monarch. He's doing that new retreat now that his house is maybe finished fixing up or whatever he's doing. He's hosting retreats at his home, and he's got this new, really commercial, kind of like professionally done video, inviting people, oh, the retreats are full, and I think that's so <laughs> funny, you know, to go down there. You never know what you expect, I suppose, when you get there, what they're going to give you. But he's trying to fit himself back in and be back invited to the Raw Festival. And you're putting the challenge out there, the Raw Diet's dead. It's a lifestyle, and even all the vegan doctors out there are saying the same thing. Don't put a drop of oil in your body. But the people, I don't know why they don't want to listen to that. I mean, the science is all there, the statistics, everything's there. To ignore that is just to say I want to be disconnected and I want to whatever the strong alkaloid greens and fractured oils give you, which is block nutrients or a high feeling. That's what they said. They're into the high. They want the stimulant. And I told Ronnie Landis, I'm talking personally. I'm like, I understand that you're getting more money from what you're doing. And he agreed. Yeah. And like people like the stimulant pass, but don't you see in the long run, people are going to look after their health and it's going to be more important. The shift is going to come where more people are into this low-fat, high-carb version of eating. And even everybody's saying, even the people who are shifting, like Gabe's saying, from doing 100% raw to going back to some low-fat cooked, those people, they're still pushing the fact that it's better to be vegan than it is to be high-fat raw. Definitely. It's going to be, so, yeah. But often these people like Monarch and I, they don't want to teach it because they don't want to do it. Yeah. I think it's funny so that fun, Gabriel yeah. Cousins has flip-flopped on his ideas, too. If you look back to his documentary he made about reversing diabetes, in that documentary he talks about having a low-fat, high-carbohydrate diet, like high-carbohydrates, you know, that's the fuel for humans. We need a high-carbohydrate diet. And then later on he flip-flops and says that carbohydrates will make you fat. I've got two more videos coming up with Gabriel Cousins, one where he's totally agreeing with us and one where he's totally dissing us, and it's going to be so funny. And it's taken from Hartley's videos and other stuff that he said, too. Put it in my YouTube inbox. Message it to me. Definitely. You'll be on the Antisthenes page, that philosopher. Kind of like a, you see how I do that, taking out the mistakes, hygienifying or whatever I want to call it. Nice. Message me today even. Just remind oh, me. For sure. Yeah, I'll message the skinny on raw one. All right. I finish it. It's in the works. I already did all the logging of the video. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Jonas. You're welcome. I want to kind of change the subject to talk about something so controversial with your dietary habits. You like to add sugar to your smoothies, refined sugar. You even ate a bowl of cereal with soy milk, and then you dump a pound of sugar on top of your cereal. I saw so many response videos on YouTube about that, and it's 
shocked the raw food world. The vegan community was up in arms about you eating a high-carbohydrate, low-fat meal, but with refined sugar. What's with the refined sugar? Refined sugars are basically sugars that should be in the fruit if the fruit was grown properly. When I'm, when I'm in Thailand, I don't add refined sugar to my smoothies because the fruit over there is so sweet, typically. When you get the good stuff, it's just so sweet. You're like, Oof, satisfies your sweet tooth, which is natural incurring of the body to obtain simple sugars to fuel the blood cells. In Australia, though, the fruit quality is very, very poor in general. So by me adding some... I always get a certified organic sugar and add some smoothies if the fruit is lacking in sugar. Yesterday, though, I got some good bananas. Didn't even put the sugar in there, but it definitely just adds in what the, the farmer or the should have left in the fruit by growing it properly. So yeah. obviously, I'm not promoting a diet exclusively refined sugar because it's devoid of any other nutrient other than sugar. But sugar is an essential nutrient for over our... We have over 100 trillion cells in the human body and they all run on sugars, primarily glucose. So not having enough sugar in your diet is just going to wreak havoc on your immune system. The immune system, the phagocytes, only operate when there's glucose, enough glucose in the system. So people say, oh, sugar wrecks your immune system. It's like, no, sugar fuels your immune system. If you don't have enough sugar in your diet, your immune system's getting crashed. And it's just, look it up. Glucose-induced phagocytosis, it's... The phagocyte cells, they need the, the sugars to fuel their immune system function. So, simple sugars and fruit are the best, but if your fruit is lacking, then then definitely supplement with a bit of sugar. See how you feel. If you feel better, do it. If you don't, then don't. But I've never met anyone who feels worse unless they've got some psychosomatic connection with, like, I can't eat refined sugar because that means I'm going to go and eat a Twinkie or whatever. <laughs> Just, <laughs> refined sugar is not the issue. The issue is what people eat with refined sugar. So, if you're having refined sugar on your fruit or your cereal, that's not an issue, but if you're having milk and oil and dairy and eggs and animal protein and fat and even plant oils with your sugar, then that's going to be the issue. Sugar is a state Halloween's coming up. Yeah, Halloween's coming up, and that's when you were a kid. I, I was all kept away from refined sugar. I was like a big rule. Right. No refined sugar. And when I had first refined sugar, I went crazy on it. But, you know, it wasn't I didn't get fat. I've never been fat. But it's like you can tell the kids that did get fat are the kids eating the Mars bars, the kids that are eating the yeah. dairy and the chocolate. That's right. The fatty ones. The fatty, the fatty sugars. Yeah, they're so mixing the fat in the oil. And you're making a huge point there by having sugar, showing it's not the sugar, it's totally the fat when you mix it with the sugar that's causing the problems. And everybody's taking that home, it's just people are resisting because they have cognitive dissonance. Yeah, that's, that's all I do. Most of the time when you eat, yeah. refined sugar is usually combined with fat and other um, things that we shouldn't be eating. I mean, like you yeah, said, the Mars bars, the candy bars and everything. And McDonald's yeah. Even, uh, the fat. McDonald's, sugar right, McDonald's puts sugar on everything. They, you know, they yeah. coat their hamburgers with sugar. The French fries have sugar. Everything at McDonald's has sugar in it. Deadly. The chicken nuggets have sugar. It makes it so you want to eat it because it tastes good. And, you know, the flavor yeah, agents that are created in the, in the laboratory somewhere and then the people who create those flavor agents, they don't even eat the food. You know, the scientists, they're like, I'm not going to eat that. It's crazy. The guy killed himself. Um, like I told you before on the show, the guy killed himself. Probably my girlfriend knew who was from Wisconsin who invented that flavor chemical so all burgers taste the same. You know? I, Crazy. I think a good point was um, Jay, you know Jay from uh, Plant Based Athlete on YouTube. He had a really good point about after that video that you made, Harley, where you dumped a whole bunch of sugar on your your cereal, and people were up in arms about that. And I just thought it was like the most silliest thing. Who who are you hurting? You know, you're trying to inspire people and show people that you know this is a healthier alternative. You know, rather than going binging on nuts or meat or whatever. This is an alternative if you can't get the healthy sugar. And his point 
which was you're trying to help people, you know, and if people don't have access, because a lot of people, like you say, don't have access to good quality fruit. Um, even me, when I'm, I just moved across the country and I'm living in Seattle now and I don't know the grocery stores, I don't know, you know, the farmer's markets around, I don't know the, the wholesale market, so I'm not really sure where to get the good quality stuff. Um, and I've been eating a little bit more starch-based diet recently because I'm trying to find where I'm supposed to get my good fruit from. So mm. I, I think that was just a really good point, that you're trying to help people and show that there's an alternative rather than just going back to eating, you know, animal products or, you know, a processed diet or giving up on the vegan lifestyle because you're not getting the right nutrients and you're showing that it is possible, there's always an alternative. Definitely. Like that's what Ann Wigmore did. She made the wheatgrass because people were in northern climates and couldn't get nutrients. It wasn't because it was optimum food. She knew it wasn't great. It tastes like crap, but it's because people were in a hard place. That's it. There's alternatives. I remember David interview he did one time. He says, "Oh, if I don't have food, I just fast." You know, if he's skipping many meals, like how come he's overweight? Because he's cut out there. Stuff. But yeah, it's an interesting story there. So that's why I promote always give people back up wherever you be. But don't skip meals. Don't let up on the fat. Don't go back to animal products. Have a starch meal. Have a starch sugar meal. Have the fruit meal. Tin fruit, dried fruit. Get your sugars in. Keep it as low fat as possible, as low sodium as possible, and low protein, and you'll be slim. You'll reach your weight loss goals, your health goals, 100%. I mean, as a cyclist, I don't train for weight loss. I don't have to. My diet takes care of that. I only train for fitness gains. So it's great that I can train very, very minimal hours a week compared to other guys as fit as me because I don't, I'm not eating the, their, their sort of diet. So I, I don't have to do the excess training. I'm just training on fitness. I don't have to train for weight loss anymore. It's fantastic. It's so liberating that I'll be slim the rest of my life, but my fitness levels will just vary depending on how much training I'm doing. You're kind of cutting out there a little, Harley, but I believe you were talking about having a backup plan. So fruit's optimal. If you can't get fruit, fruit juice, tin fruit, starches, look for the backup plan and always have access to it because starches are everywhere. You can go anywhere in the world and be able to find some kind of starch that's everywhere. Oh, wow. Every Every long-living, trim, healthy society throughout history has eaten a starch-based diet. If you read the Starch Solution, Dr. John McDougall, he demonstrates that. That's Very exactly. There's always a backup plan. Have a parachute, otherwise you're going to commit dietary suicide. That's what happens. I'll go to the avocados. and I'm walking in the store, I see the avocados and looking for a ripe one. I'm feeling addicted. That raw Lisa, 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 she's from Jamaica. She does dance, and she's really into the lifestyle, and she said it. It's a THC-like effect on your brain from the fat. It stimulates that response, the dopamine release. Of course you're going to be craving that. It's the first thing you're going to go to. To restrain yourself from the fats is the hardest part of maybe the lifestyle. Just let off the carbs. Once you have enough carbs, you've got it. Welcome back to The Vegan Truth. This is MC Fructose, also known as Gabe Smith. We're talking with Harley Johnstone, also known as Durian Rider. Looks like we have another caller calling in. Caller from a 301 area code. How are you? Good. How's it going, Gabe? Fantastic. How are you? Good. It's Tino. Oh, Tino. What's going on, Tino? How are you doing, man? <laughs> Long time. Hey, man. Bananiac. Fantastic. Bananiac. That's right. You have you had an interview with Dr. Michael Greger from NutritionFacts.org. Awesome video, man. About calorie uh, think For sure. I just wanted to ask, you guys were talking about calories and sugar. I'm a dietetic student, and we're playing around with BMI, training each other, and how many calories we're taking in. It's funny, because the other day, this 30-year-old male who's over 180 pounds, and we were checking BMI and comparing calories that we were eating, and this guy's eating 1,800 calories, and 
I'm eating 3,000 calories plus of all I want of carbohydrates. How is it that this guy is so much more heavier than I am, yet he's eating far less calories than myself? That's the power of insulin. Let's say he's eating that little calories, which is not much. Because all the hormones in the animal protein, they just spikes your insulin up. It's like if you start doing steroids, you gain a lot of weight, water weight and muscle weight. So when you're eating the animal products, you're spiking your insulin levels. We're not so much spiking them, but you're holding them up higher than otherwise is normal. So you're going to tweak your hormones. You're going to hold more mass on. You see some people take certain medications, their body stores more fluid, and they just start bulking out. Creatine or even sodium might not be getting many calories, but the body's going to store it more as fat because it's eating. That's the main explanation of that one. If he's eating a high-carb vegan diet, and he's 180, 190 pounds, 1,800 calories a day, I would call bullshit on that because that's not physically possible long term. I'm telling people in my dietetics class, I eat 30 bananas a day, and they're like, well, where do you get your protein? But isn't that too much sugar? Aren't you going to get fat? Which one is it? Am I not getting enough protein, or am I going to get fat? <laughs> I'm just right there. I'm just at that perfect BMI where we want patients to be at, and I'm doing something so controversial Yet so many people in the high-carb lifestyle, the ones that we promote, are right at that BMI or they're getting there. So it's a really funny story and how it contradicts to the standards of nutrition. So you're studying that and you're inside in there. What's your YouTube channel? My YouTube channel is called Bananiac, B-A-N-A-N-I-A-C. Bananiac, like maniac, it'll come right up. Nice. It's an awesome channel, by the way. Yeah, check it out, people. It's a good channel. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I just want to get people talking. There's more to this. We've been bombarded about this high-calorie thing, which I agree with you guys, too. You're advocating the low-fat diet. I really do think it is the fat because we have all these cases of people on the high-carb lifestyle. And I just want to get people talking. That's why I've been interviewing and getting more opinions out there and narrowing down to the similarities. I think that's important. Exactly. You look at cows in farming. They feed them animal products because they want to bulk the cow up as quick as possible. A grass-fed cow grows very slowly compared to a cow-fed grain. And then if you're feeding the animal products to the cow. A lot of them are cannibals, too. They refeed exactly. some of the dead cows back to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A cow's designed to have a lot of fat on them. That's their natural design. They're designed to support a few thousand pounds, even. Humans ain't. We're designed to be very lean. Our knees and ankles are not very strong. So a lot of people have hip issues because they're too heavy. Definitely. My roommate is on a paleo diet. Oddly enough, I pair up with him. And I was looking at the package of one of his pork burgers, and on the front it said, pork-fed vegetarian feed. And I showed him it. I'm like, read this. Now, why do you think they write that? And he wouldn't believe me that they feed meat of the same animals to the animals they're trying to raise. He didn't believe me. A lot of people don't know about that, but they do feed meat to vegetarian animals, which is odd. Because they want to grow them up as quick as possible. They want to get insulin levels high in that animal. And just a quick tip, if you're living with someone who's doing a diet opposite to you, what I've found is I don't talk about too much with them because from their daily actions, they see you. I've lived with... I've got some good friends that eat the paleo diet. I don't talk about their diet much with them anymore. They see what I eat and we agree to disagree especially if it's your housemate. Otherwise, it can be a lot of conflict all the time. Eventually, people can come on board, I find. That's what I've found a lot. People start to swing over a little bit, or sometimes they don't ever. But I've also learned that if people don't agree with you in the moment, doesn't mean they might not learn the truth later on. 
that's definitely been for my life. I would disagree with someone, and then the next week or the next year, I'd be like, fuck, they're right. Bastards. Yeah, we all move at a different rate, too. I mean, I'm living with my family now, and I see my father every day. And I started making breakfast for him every day, so now he's drinking a smoothie every morning. And you can see the wheels are turning in his head about diet. He still has these things that he was brought up eating eggs and animal products and stuff. And his girlfriend is really into eating protein, and she's a huge advocate for eating complete protein. She disagrees with me about eating fruit all day. But you can see by planting seed, being around people, my family seeing my own results, it speaks for itself. And maybe he hasn't gone vegan yet, but he's making small choices that are changing his life, and it's adding up. It's not all about being all or nothing with your friends and your family, but planting the seeds and living by example. Which is something I wanted to talk to you about, spreading the vegan message and how just by being a vegan or saying that you're a vegan, wearing your vegan shirt down the street, and I wear my vegan shirt down the street and you can observe the way that people look at me. And you can hear people as they pass me or running down the street with a vegan shirt and people on the trail are saying, vegans are stupid or something like that. There's this idea that vegans are angry, they're bitter, they're stupid. I just got back to Seattle and I drew this fruit luck that was for my wife and I being back in town. And we wanted to invite all of our friends and share our lifestyle with them. And I had friends that didn't want to come because they were thrown off by the whole vegan thing, and they still are. How do we get through to those people, people that we really love, but they're thrown off by the concept of vegan? I guess this is a big issue is how do you make veganism mainstream, slowly but surely? What do we do with the people that we love and want to help? What I'm trying to do is show people they're having fun. Having fun with my food, having fun in life. That's the biggest one, I think. Also, look at what motivates people. A lot of people are motivated by weight loss and health. Well, primarily weight loss. So we target the weight loss angle a lot. Cycling is a lot about performance, but then people often do cycling for weight loss. So weight loss is what we focus on. That's how a big, 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 big audience. Most people don't care about the animals or the planet, unfortunately. They don't care about their health. They'll take drugs, they'll smoke cigarettes or whatever to get, lose the weight. But then that's unfortunate. But when they start doing the vegan diet, and especially the fruit thing, they start getting more conscious, and then, hang on, gee, this is really meeting my personal goals, but if I look back and look at the bigger picture, this is really helping the planet. This is incredible. I've got to share this message around with people, and then you become an evangelic, passionate vegan, and people confuse passion for anger, because passion is pretty rare in society. Normally someone's trying to sell you something, or they're angry. The passionate people are very, very rare. It's a rare beast passion, so people don't often know how to see it. So they confuse it with anger or sales tactics. But all you can do is be yourself, those that mind do not matter, and those that matter do not mind. Just keep charging forward and listen to your heart. Make choices from your heart and have fun above all. Everything about having fun and making the world a better place. Even if you make people cry or whatever, just have fun with it. Use a sense of humor. Don't take nothing personally, ever, and put it on YouTube. And put it on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube is teaching me to not take things personally because yeah, on man. a daily basis I get called a retarded faggot, you know. So <laughs> I put out a video called Miley Cyrus Wrecking Ball, and yeah, I get comments every single day. People, mostly teeny boppers, like 13-year-olds and 14-year-olds who calling me names and stuff. I don't take it personally because I know that somewhere, somehow, it's still affecting someone. Somebody's still hearing the message. And, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 people are calling me names, but then one person out of those... 20 people, actually, it hits them. And it's, whoa, okay, there's something happening with pigs and gestation crates, or I can lose weight, or the message is still out there. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Have fun, and have thick skin while you're at it. When we 
living on purpose and with passion, we don't care about our ego anymore. When people care about their ego, they care about what people think about them. But once you dissolve the ego and don't give a fuck about it anymore, you care about helping people. If you're too focused on what people think about you, you can't help them. If you're throwing a life jacket to someone who's drowning and you're like, oh, should I give it to them? I don't know, like, I might hit them in the nose if I throw it too hard. Like, if you care and things like that, you can't give them the life jacket. They're going to drown. If you hold back with your message or whatever because you're too conscious about what people think on your YouTube, you're not going to help no one. I've got a friend who's a life coach and does the Landmark Forum courses and stuff. And they're like, oh, I want to get more people on this. on like, YouTube videos. Like, oh, I'm scared what people are going to think. And I'm like, hey, and you're a life coach, man. <laughs> Teaching landmark forum stuff, and you can't do YouTube videos, man. What's up with that? And they're like, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. And like, get rid of the ego, man, and just put it out there. Put it out there. Yeah, that's good advice. Making people help themselves because a lot of people are struggling with medical issues, weight issues, things like that. So getting them to be more healthy. And there's different sides of veganism than just health. If you just start with health and you get the person thinking right by eating lots of fruits, vegetables, carbohydrates, things like that, then you can take care of the other issues about animals, the planet. I do think health is a really good place to start making people help themselves. Yeah, definitely health and weight loss, for sure. That's how I got started. I came to it for selfish reasons, but then in that process, I opened up my perspective about everything else that was happening and realized that, wow, this could actually help save the planet. In terms of health... You have said hardly before about how you're only as strong as your weakest link, which health is a balancing act. It's not just about diet. You could eat the healthiest diet, but if you're not exercising or you're not getting enough sleep or you're not hydrated, then you're really not living your potential. So how do people realize what is their weakest link? Or even better, how if people are coming from, say, a standard American diet, maybe they're smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, they're drinking like a fish, and they're interested in getting healthy. How do they start that balancing act? Because it's not just about their diet. It's about exercising. It's about hydrating and sleeping. How do people know how to tell what is the weakest link? How do they correct that? How do you know what your weakest link is? That's going to come with time. And hanging out with other people. If someone hangs out with me, if I spend a week with them, I'll be able to point out their weakest links pretty quickly. For most people, that's going to bed too late. Most people... And I'm good at this myself sometimes, especially in the last few days. I get so excited. I'm pumping out videos and doing editing and trolling. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's midnight. I should go to bed. I'm not tired, though, but I know I need to go to bed because I need to give my body nerve energy regeneration. Otherwise, you start to wear your music. You start to not be able to function as good as you can. So definitely, most people's weakest link is not enough sleep, not enough early nights. I recommend going to bed at least 8, 9 p.m. How do you find your weakest link? If you're not going to bed by 8, 9 p.m., you're not getting enough sleep. People say, oh, I'll go to bed at 3 a.m. and I'll still function. Yeah, but you can run a car with three suspension okay and one suspension shot, but it's not going to be the best car. You can have a relationship with someone and you abuse them and you spit on them or whatever, but it doesn't mean it's going to be the best relationship just because they're still there. You can still function on their sleep, but it doesn't mean you're going to be functioning your best. Most people in this lifestyle eat pretty well. They could focus on getting a bit more sport, drinking a bit more water, and going to bed a bit earlier. How do you find your weakest link? It depends on who you are. But start with, so this thing's your intuition. Go, what's my weakest link? I probably don't eat enough carbs, I eat too much fat. I probably go to bed after 9 p.m. consistently. I probably don't drink a quart of water in the morning when I wake up. I probably take things personally too much. I probably put too much energy into things that don't really matter. I probably try and control things that can't be controlled. Things like that. Do something. For sure. 
I've been saying a lot about sleep lately in my videos, I'm recommending even up to 10, 12 hours, and I've just been getting so much hate back from people, I don't know if it's hate or what, but people are saying, that's too much sleep, you're sleeping half of your life away, I'm sleeping four, six hours a night, and I ask them, that's amazing, you're sleeping so little, but you feel so good, are you on any stimulants by any chance, you drink coffee, tea? cacao, whatever, and usually the answer is yes. So, Harley, why do you recommend so many hours of sleep? So we can function at our best. In the raw food community, I know people who go to bed really late all the time. I don't know, because I'm looking on their Instagram or the internet, and they're still up. And they're the people who take things personally really easily, even though they're eating really, really clean diet, but they're just touchy because they're not getting enough sleep. Everyone's touchy when you don't get enough sleep. People get all, like, cactusy, fried up quite easily take things personally because you almost get a low-level psychosis going on when you don't get enough sleep because you don't get enough nerve energy regeneration. The human body is like a car. You've got your nerve is like your battery and your carbs, your glycogen and your fat stores, that's like your fuel. So you can get all your calories and stuff in, all your carb calories in every day. But if you don't get enough sleep, which is to recharge your battery, your nerve system, you're not going to be feeling all good. That's why we teach a lot of sleep because that's what you would have got in nature. In nature... Garden of Eden or equatorial areas, whatever you believe in, creation or evolution, we were tropical creatures. The warmth in the fruit orchards, and when the sun went down, it went down. You weren't walking around the orchard or the jungle. You couldn't. You can't. It's dangerous. You stab your shin on a stick or you bust your ankle on a rock or something like that. When it's not, you lay down. You don't have to sleep, but you have to be down and out. You can talk, you can do whatever. It has to be lights off, electronics off, lay down, relax and rest. Often people in this nervous phrenic energy they're like i can't lie down i'm too busy i'm too busy so they'd be way more productive if they got more sleep more rest and then during their waking hours they could punch it out even harder that's my theory i've dealt with insomnia even on a raw food diet and it's hard to, for me sometimes to sleep i don't have insomnia now usually i i go to bed pretty early and i wake up i don't use an alarm clock i wake up feeling refreshed when i'm ready but it's hard for some people that get over that insomnia or people have a wherever they work sometimes people work a graveyard shift it's hard yeah. for some people to find enough sleep but even if you have insomnia then the rest closing your eyes turning off your mind as much as possible it's meditation meditation they say is equivalent to getting sleep so even if you're resting you get the light out of the way you close your eyes your body is laying there you're still getting rest even though it's not optimal but it's better than not trying one thing that also helped me to start getting more sleep was I stopped eating right before bed. I talked to Tim Van Orden from Running Raw at the Woodstock Fruit Festival, and he deals with insomnia as well. And on average, he gets one to four hours of sleep a night. Not that he doesn't try. He was telling me the different foods to eat before he goes to bed. Sugar, eating fruit right before sleep, some it blocks melatonin, so you're not likely to get as much sleep. Your last meal should be your fat meal. That's when you eat the avocado and the greens and you eat the fruit during the day. And then stop eating three to four hours before you go to sleep. It'll help you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but that's what his advice was. If I ate as little as Tim would, I wouldn't sleep either. <laughs> I'd, definitely, I'd, be, I'd be up at night just thinking about food the whole time. When I hit the pillow, I'm, I'm out, I'm done. I've just pushed it so hard that day, mainly mentally on the internet. When it's time to rest, I've got to rest. And if you can't sleep, that's fine, but see it as a meditation, as a yoga pose, an asana, shivasana, where you're just laying on your back, relaxing, 
It's a meditation. So a lot of people go, it's not spiritual to get that much rest and sleep. So, okay, just reframe that and see it as yogic practice, yogic meditation in the Shivasana asana pose where you're laying on your back in the darkness, just relaxing, breathing, relaxing. And then when the sun gets up, get out there early and just go and dominate athletically, locally. People go, oh, I can't do sport. I don't have enough energy. It's like, get more sleep. <laughs> get more sleep. Yeah, be more vigorous with your kids or your partner. When you're living hard, you're going to want to sleep hard. Because what's the other option? The other option is just being temperamental, underslept, touchy, and you feel like everyone's against you. And that life sucks. And that's why that life becomes for me. After two weeks of not getting enough sleep, you start to get all emotional and all whacked out. You've got to get your early nights. You've just got to lay there in the darkness and relax and just think good thoughts or meditate it out. I definitely agree. And when I first started into this lifestyle, you guys talked about this before, but the volume of food, the difference, it was so hard to eat enough calories transitioning to this diet. I actually had problems falling asleep when I first came on this lifestyle. So usually it could be probably not enough calories. Definitely. Four minutes left of the show. Carly, if you could tell me, besides watching your videos on YouTube, Durian Riders, or actually if you just type in Durian Rider, there's probably over 8,000, 10,000 videos of you on the internet. Besides that, who do you think people should research? Like, Who have been your mentors and who has influenced you? Who should people research if they want to be healthy? I agree with 100% in terms of authors and speakers, but the people who have definitely influenced me massively in my life, positively, would be Doug Graham, Dr. McDougall, Dr. Esselstein, Dr. Neil Barnard, Tony Robbins, the motivational speaker, Napoleon Hill, the positive mental attitude guy, guys like Robert Cheek and even Tim Van Orden and Mike Arnstein and a lot of people out there who inspire me. I'm going to miss out names here, but there's just so many people out there. But in terms of well-known people who've got books out there, it would be yeah, Doug Graham, Dr. Stein, Dr. McDougall, Dr. Barnard, Colin Campbell, the China study guy. The book called Skinny Bitch, that's a good book. I like the style of that book. Who else have we got in terms of well-known authors? That's a lot. We have just under about two minutes left. I want to hear in about a minute from you why <laughs> people should go vegan. Why vegan? If you want to lose weight, you want to feel better, if you want to make a difference in the planet and stop being part of the problem and be part of the solution, then a vegan diet's for you. If you love animals, if you love eating tasty food, nourishing food that benefits your health, the animals and the planet, a vegan diet is for you. If you see pain, torture, injustice, excess anger, in the world and you don't like it a vegan diet is for you if you go for a walk in the woods and you stop and you see an injured animal and your heart sinks and you feel sorry for that animal a vegan diet is for you if you've got a pet a vegan diet is for you if you care about kids in other countries that don't have enough food because all their country's grains get exported to UK, Australia, US for livestock then a vegan diet is for you if you want to help the difference in the planet the animals and your health a vegan diet is for you. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Harley. Always a pleasure talking to you, and I encourage everyone to check out your YouTube channel, Durian Riders. I think most of the listeners here probably have heard you, but I'm sure there are a few that haven't. So Durian Riders on YouTube. And 30bananasaday.com is the largest raw vegan social media website on the, the Internet. Harley and Freely run that website as well. Thanks, my callers today, Jonas and Tino, for calling in. 
Next week, please tune in. We have Christina Carrillo Bukaram on the show talking about how to create a, a co-op. And she's been fully raw for over eight years and runs the largest produce co-op in the United States, Roughly Organic. I want to say that living this lifestyle and putting myself out there on YouTube and for anyone who's a new vegan, it can be very discouraging. It can be hard, especially when your friends and family and people around you are not agreeing with you. But the longer you stay at it, the more research you do, the more rewarding it becomes. For myself, I put myself out on YouTube, didn't expect anything from it to document my progress, and I've seen so much results. And now on a weekly basis, sometimes multiple times a day, I have people tell me that I've inspired them to go vegan, and it's the most rewarding thing. So keep on keeping on, and we'll talk to you next time on The Vegan Truth. MC Fructose out. So stay tuned every Friday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. If you want to do another one down the track, let me know anytime, Gabe. Cool. It's good talking to you guys. For sure, Tino. Yo, man. See you soon, bro. All right. See you.